look, the biggest thing that I would say is is be generous. Um, be generous with your expectations. Be generous with your timelines. Be generous if you are assessing work, uh, when that work is to come in. Um, but for me, the biggest one is to be generous with your time and your presence. You're listening to the Augmented Learning Podcast and Video Log. Stories from inspiring educators, leaders and influencers who are challenging the status quo. Today's episode is sponsored by My Study Series, an online learning platform supporting Kiwi teachers and students through NCEA. With the ability to track student progress and quiz results, data provided by My Study Series ensures teachers remain informed of how well their students are performing. Check it out now at mystudyseries.co.nz. everyone and welcome to episode 56 of the augmented learning podcast and video log where you are able to grow learn and develop by accessing high quality pld when you need it most i'm your host carl condoliff and i'm joined by my co-host celia fleck celia how was week two of lockdown on the sunshine coast well it has been sunny so that has made it um surprisingly good yeah uh, we are having quite a lot of fun in our little bubble here and yeah, I'm enjoying working from home. I'm enjoying having both my boys at home. It's it's quite a nice time, actually, so I haven't got too many complaints. It's fun. What's fun? You said you're having a lot of fun. Uh, work doesn't sound like fun, but what else have you been up to? Um, well, like today we started our Fano Olympics, which was uh, event one was um, some golf on the front lawn chipping into a bucket or a circle or a cup that that determines your points. I am pleased to say I won a silver medal today. So that was our kind of bit of fun for the day. But, you know, like just getting a little bit creative is, is just been quite good in terms of making our own entertainment. I love it. That sounds really good. Best thing we've done um, since we've been in lockdown was we got some strapping tape and we chalked up our our walkway up to the house and turned out really it was really looked really pro and hopefully that's that's brought a few smiles um, to people that are walking past um, getting their daily exercise. But it was quite a fun activity and I was saying this to you before, but I, I feel like the lockdown has made our family unit a lot stronger. Um, being together and doing all of these fun activities, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, nice. So to, the purpose, what I've been trying to do is put out uh, some, just some short form episodes um, really around the current climate we're in, which is this lockdown and the challenges that we face in education uh, and how we are meeting the needs of our students. So we, we brought on uh, Brad Milne from, he's from St. Thomas at Canterbury College and he's an assistant principal there. He's also a health and physical educator. What did you think of the chat that um, and some of the, the things that he presented in, in, this, in this brief talk? I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And, and I think 
um, you know, I've been doing in my, in my work a lot of thinking and a lot of um, talking with people about, you know, what are the priorities at the moment. And so for me, it really resonated when Brad spoke about well-being being the number one priority because it just it just has to be. Um, and and like you said, it sort of said then. It, I like the way that he was very much focusing on the students. So how are we going to make this a good experience for our students? How can we take this very unusual, unprecedented situation and and kind of really bring some positives um, to it and, and, and think differently about how we engage with our students? That, that was one of the interesting things that he spoke about. Yeah, the well-being, I, I really like that. For, for me, that was when we were closing off the episode and I kind of was hoping for some some tips from him that he could share with teachers and he talked about being generous and being generous with your expectations and being generous with your, your time and your support of your students. And I think that's really important that we understand that in, this, in the climate we're in, we need to be flexible. We need to um, not have these super high expectations, not just of the, the students, but of ourselves and what we're delivering and trying to meet their needs. Um, so I thought that was a really big takeaway for me. But just in general, he was a really good speaker, and I think um, I think people are going to really like this episode. Yeah, totally, totally agree. That whole um, that that just piece of advice about be generous, just so simple, um, but but just really well spoken. Um, and you know, it comes back to you know other simple messages we're hearing at the moment, like you know, be kind. And I think just when we keep it simple is when we are going to best look after ourselves and look after others. Nice. Well, let's jump into episode 56 with, with Brad Milne. Brad, welcome to the podcast. Ah, thanks. thanks for having me. Much appreciated. No, no worries. Hey, before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about your teaching background and experience? And a few tidbits about your school and the students you teach. Absolutely, yes. So I started off as a health and physical education teacher up in Auckland, um, and then uh, worked my way up uh, to head of department up there for a number of years, and then made the move back down to Christchurch, uh, where I continued uh, being a head of health and physical education teacher, um, and then had a really good opportunity to move into the senior leadership team, where I was able to. Uh, design a job description that really suited what my passions were and perhaps what some of the directions we needed to go in as a school. So St. Thomas of Canterbury College, it's a Catholic boys' school of about 650 boys there, uh, quite a diverse range of ethnicities and backgrounds. Um, but, yeah, doing things a little bit differently and we've been involved in a number of projects and TLIF projects to change our curriculum and, and really engage our boys. So, um, yeah, I guess we're in a place where change is, is reasonably comfortable um, for us at the moment um, and yeah just really happy to sort of share some of what we go through around change and mindsets and, and some of the work that we're doing in this uh, yeah interesting situation that we find ourselves in. What what school are you head of department at in Auckland? Uh, I was up at uh, Whangaparoa College oh, nice. so it was a new school um, that we set up there so I was involved in helping set that up um, which was an amazing experience. Yeah I, I bet it was. I've, I've spoken to a few people who have been involved in that role and um, 
just the ability to kind of step back and, and think bigger picture and, and how our students are going to go and um, experience learning and and from a from a, a like a new build perspective and and curriculum and all of that must have been fascinating oh it was the best pd i've ever done in my life oh. um yeah you're actually designing and and creating things from scratch as opposed to just sort of you know, remodeling or tinkering or slightly changing um, some existing programs. Um, yeah, it was an amazing experience. I bet. So the purpose of of this episode is, is kind of some short form um, interviews around the current climate and education, which is this big uh, issue around coronavirus or COVID-19 and how it is impacting education, which is having some pretty um, significant impacts um, that we're seeing all over the place. Here in New Zealand, we're in uh, we're in full lockdown. Uh, we are on school holiday, but we're about to move um, in, in a week or so back into into teaching with our students. So what, what sort of challenges has this climate presented for you and your students so far? Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting one. It's obviously, it's an unknown. So I guess it's all a little bit of an experiment at the moment because it's not something that we've been through before. But for us in our environment, like I um so we mentioned we've been in a position before where change is, is reasonably common um, uh, mindsets, especially amongst our staff and our students are really responsive to that. So we're in a, in a really good position where we're quite flexible and adaptable as to what's coming in. Um, but in saying that, it's uh, this process is yeah, it requires a whole new mindset. For us, our whole priority at the moment is the, is the well-being. Um, you know, that's where our number one, make sure everyone is safe and secure and and well looked after but you know if we are going to be moving into this environment where we are having to teach from online then we actually need to think about the most effective ways that we can do this so i guess the, some of the challenges uh, change is the first one uh, it is a mindset change so you know there's elements of being uncomfortable the elements of moving into the unknown uh fear of failure but it's it's turning that over and looking at the opportunity there to actually evolve our practice and so removing the word change because that implies what's been done before perhaps didn't work, but it's actually evolving. What do we need to do to evolve our practice to meet the current needs and then this current climate? So that's a challenge. Um, there's obviously another challenge around equity. Um, so while it's great that the government at the moment is looking to send out devices so that it's home devices in every home in New Zealand, that doesn't address um, the terms around you know being equitable. Um, we're unsure of what home situations are like. Um, you know, not everyone has great connections, what responsibilities our students are having at the moment, um, the times that they have, or, yeah, the times that they're allowed access to devices, there are those sort of elements that come in that make, um, yeah, online learning a little bit unequitable. Um, so it's providing uh, an environment and a, and a program of learning that takes all those needs into consideration um, and to be flexible around the learning that we're providing to our students. Um, and I guess the third one, and it's probably, you know, been asked a lot of times by many teachers, uh, teachers and people in education, is that actually how are we going to ensure that the students are doing the work on the other side of the computer? How are we engaging them? And I think uh, the mindset there too needs to change around actually how do we there now empower our students? How do we develop the intrinsic motivation to want to learn on the other side? We can uh, engage them by providing, you know, some choice, um, some directed questions. But actually, if we empower the students to come up with those choices, if we're empowering students to come up with questions that they want answers to that perhaps 
school's not necessarily an environment they feel comfortable asking some of those questions, that actually we're empowering them to want to do the work. Um, we're empowering them to um, get online and, and be inquisitive and, and uh, be intrinsically motivated to do work that they want to do. Nice. I, I really like, um, and I just want to dig a little bit deeper in terms of, you talked about mindset and how your, your staff were kind of in a, in a really good position in terms of change. How did that mindset or that openness to change come about in your school? Because, you know, a lot of the schools that I've been in, uh, there's a lot of reluctance to change. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Um, I guess what was really important about eight years ago, we knew that we needed to do things a little bit differently to better engage our students. And we had a staff meeting and we gave every single staff member a post-it note and we wrote, said to them, right, right on there, why do you come to work every day? Um, and be honest, you know, you're not going to know who writes what. And um, the variety of answers that we got was was amazing. And, and there was things around paychecks and that was the holidays are good. Um, that, you know, I can um, produce the same work every year. Um, and actually what we discovered really quickly that a majority of that wasn't about the students, <laughs> it was about the staff themselves. We weren't necessarily all on the same page around putting the students at the centre of what we do. And so they couldn't argue with that and so because it was their voice. And so that was a, a really good uh, enabler to start a process and a conversation around that we need to change. And then through the years, we've uh, moved from um, six 50-minute classes a day to three 100-minute classes a day, and that was a, a massive process in itself, um, learning to have to teach differently, a whole new pedagogical approach, because you couldn't just teach two 50-minute classes, one after the other, to fill up 100 minutes. Um, it did require large-scale change within the way that we taught. Uh, we've totally removed a junior curriculum and uh, incorporated a um, integrated curriculum um, which was originally based around the concept of gamification and implementing game mechanics and so we removed siloed departments and put in um, integrated curriculum areas humanities stem and kinesiology kinesiology being health physique and digital technologies um, and and I guess one of the biggest things too that we've moved towards and that's become an outcome of that is, um, yeah, the, the way that we collaborate as staff, um, moving again out of our silos and collaborating with other people and being prepared to give up some of your areas uh, or your curriculum for other curriculums to come in. Um, things that we never thought we could get close to doing eight years ago. But, um, you know, we've had a lot of trust and a lot of belief and, and the outcomes and the results that we're seeing as a result of that certainly backs up the why. Um, and so at the moment, yeah, we're in a good position where, where change is acceptable. I think the key there, and, and you touched on it in, with your experiences at Whangaparoa, it's, it's large-scale change. What you described there was large-scale large change. Totally. And, and what we're seeing now is large-scale change. It's change on, on you know, an enormous, enormous size worldwide. So if we, if we transition from those challenges um, and think about that large-scale change, what sort of opportunities do you think are presented here both for teachers and students but also short term and long term because obviously there will be some some short term opportunities but uh, I think there's probably a lot more potential to see education change in the long term what are your thoughts around that oh look I couldn't agree with you more Carl I think this this is the impact of this is going to be definitely long term um, we sort of we've talked 
in our environment before about first order change and second order change and you know first order is just tinkering uh, but this is large scale it is uh, second order change um and like i said yeah the, the impacts are going to be long term for this at the moment with the uncertainty and the unknown and you know we're not sure how long it's going to be for we've got to be quite gentle about our approach to this and and the change and the expectations that we have um you know we can't have high expectations around what we can achieve here um because of this kind of thing you know you have to build a culture around it and through the cultures when you get your your large-scale change um and that's going to happen down the track but those opportunities uh we've we use the same model a lot in our environment um around um substitution augmentation modification redefinition and what this does it presents a really good opportunity to modify the work that we do to redesign the tasks that we offer our students um you know we're not going to have that face-to-face -face opportunity and, and we can't just now expect to transition those face-to-face -face lessons onto a digital platform call it online learning expect the same results um we're actually going to have to look at down the track for for large-scale change and opportunities moving forward to redesign the tasks that we're doing and what we're asking of our students and, and the tools that we're using and, and the redefinition it's actually what is it that we thought was impossible but now is potentially possible um with the tasks and, and what we're asking of our students and and i guess along the lines of that i mean usually the students work that they produce is is only accountable to the to the teacher and only answerable to the teacher but here's a really good opportunity to have our students put their work to an online audience and be accountable to a much larger uh, group of people and to gather feedback from not necessarily those within the walls of our classroom but again from an online audience so we're redefining um the feedback i guess we're redefining the opportunities that our students have to go to find information um and i think again that's a large-scale opportunity um and it's going to happen down the track but it's something that we need to be thinking about at the moment because as i mentioned those face-to-face -face classes can't just be put on to that online platform there um no you're right and and i think I think we started off, or a lot of teachers started off, you know, when we went into level four lockdown, uh, it was just transitioning that work and that content onto some sort of online platform that was exactly what we we're doing before. So just a, a straight substitution. But I think as we're starting to see the impact this is having, teachers are starting to think about, um, you know, how what this looks like long term, long term and how we can kind of redefine or reimagine education and learning and i think we're already starting to see um, a, a lot more collaboration between both teachers and, and students um, at a local level you know within within your country um, and i think there's a lot of uh, power and potential for that to happen um, worldwide and, and like you say get that work uh, greater exposure to online audiences and you know you also touched on autonomy and agency earlier on and i think that's probably one of the biggest opportunities that, that we ha we have moving forward is that students can take charge of their learning and um, really explore new ideas and experiences as we kind of we're forced into de-siloing our learning areas and, and learning and, and stuff like that so i think that's um some really good uh, opportunities that that you you listed and discussed there um as we kind of bring this to an end do you have one bit of i guess parting advice 
um, as we move into, you know, we head down the next stage of this this lockdown? How can teachers kind of, um, what, what's a tip for, you know, really engaging our learners well in this remote learning space? Yeah, it's, and that's, I guess, what we're looking for at the moment is, is what is it that's, what is the, you know, the number one or number two things that's going to be really good enablers for us? Look, the biggest thing that I would say is, is be generous. Um, be generous with your expectations. Be generous with your timelines. Be generous if you are assessing work, uh, when that work is to come in. Um, but for me, the biggest one is to be generous with your time and your presence. Um, you know, our students still really want to have those connections. They still really want to know that somewhere on another side of a screen is someone there that is uh, is really an advocate for their learning and, and is really taking an interest in still ensuring that that learning continues. So be generous with your time, be generous with your presence for those students, be generous with your expectations um, and be generous in the terms that, you know, the priority is, is our well-being at the moment. We still want learning to occur. Um, but uh, as we as we grow, safety is the, the most important thing. Um, but yeah, I just I just ask that people just uh, be considerate and be flexible. But most importantly, be generous. I like that. Uh, a good good friend of mine uh, and teacher Andy here. He always says um, connection before content, and I think that's probably a really good takeaway from from what you suggested there that we ensure that we're looking after our well-being and that of our students that we're connecting before we set expectations around work and stuff like that and we've been really generous so brad i just want to um thank you for just sitting down for you know it was only 15 minutes but you're still taking time out from your family and and your workload and stuff like that so i think you spoke really well and you raised some really valid and good points in terms of the climate we find ourselves in so um, i hope next week or whenever you head back that uh you carry on the good work you're doing and and your kids um come out better off because of all this work that you're doing cheers mate i appreciate that carl thank you